the cool part about this, about influencer marketing is that there's millions of influencers, right? Influencers don't have to be, and this is a common misnomer of like, they have to have a million followers or they have to have a half a million. Actually, they don't. In fact, there's a lot of downfalls to working with somebody that has that large of a following. Um, you know, a lot of the times you have these micro influencers, other people will probably talk about as well. But the idea is, is like finding that right influencer and, and every influencer is different in the sense that they run their business different. Like in other words, there's different pricing there's different, you know, things, packages they put together. There's a lot of different things that happen. I mean, it's what I teach at UCLA is a, it's a two part course of one. It talks about like how to work with influencers as a brand and then how to actually be an influencer. Right. And how to you do a personal branding, how to get a media kit together, how to get in front of brands and say, hey, listen, I'm the I'm the person you need to work with. G'day, folks. Troy Dean here and welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. Now, the interesting thing about my guest this week is um, not unlike myself, his job wouldn't have existed maybe five or six years ago. I think my job probably goes back 12 or maybe 15 years, I guess, you know, at a stretch Um, This gentleman certainly wouldn't have had a job five years ago. He's an influencer marketing expert. What he essentially does is he connects brands with influencers and he educates brands and companies how to use influencers to market and promote their products. Uh, Influencers, as we know, are a huge part of a modern marketing strategy and can definitely move the needle in a much more cost-effective way than traditional advertising. However, if you get it wrong, you can all just come off looking a little bit cheesy and a bit spammy, and we all know what that looks like. So Shane Barker from the United States has positioned himself as an influencer marketer and is here to help us understand how we can, as influencers, how we can uh, leverage our influence to create revenue and impact and relationships with brands and how we as consultants can start to educate our clients if we have if we're dealing with large enough companies that have marketing budgets how they can start leveraging relationships with influencers to help them achieve their uh, strategic or or revenue goals or whatever it is they're wanting to achieve brand awareness or or brand positioning so without further ado let's go and talk about influencer marketing with Shane Barker This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Just before we get into this episode of the podcast, I have a quick favor to ask. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Or if you're not an Apple user, you can get us on Stitcher Radio at wpelevation.com slash Stitcher. And please, if you are on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really does help us come up in the search results and get the show in front of a wider audience. And we love your feedback and we read all of the reviews. Thanks in advance. Now let's get back to the show. G'day folks, Troy Dean here and welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. I am thrilled this week to have with me a man who I have rescheduled I think three times so far. He is the most patient, understanding and resilient podcast guest I think we've ever had. I'm joined all the way from Sacramento in California, Shane Barker. Hey buddy, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing how are, I'm doing really good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Welcome to the show. And, dude, just publicly, thank you so much. I think I've had to bump you two or three times now, so I'm super glad that we finally got to do this. And I do apologize for uh, my uh, crazy schedule. Partially, I have a, 
a little boy who's almost two and I think one of those days I had to run off and pick him up from daycare and you know how that rolls it's kind of like you know that trumps everything really so. stayed, stayed up all night yeah there's all kinds of fun stuff that happens yeah 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 uh, now for those who don't know and may have been living under a rock for the last five years who is Shane Barker and why are you here what's going on yeah so this this guy also known as Shane Barker aka myself um, I've been around for 43 years so I came on the earth a little while ago um, and I've been in the digital space for 20-something years. I say 20-plus. I mean, I already told you my real age, so I can pretty much tell you probably 23, 24 years right around there. Um, really jumped in the digital space because I was um, broke and wanted to do marketing and wanted to you know, put my products that I had out there. I had all my own, all my own businesses pretty, for the last, pretty much for the last 20, 25 years. Um, and I just didn't want to have the money. So I was like, well, how am I going to do this? So I started off doing, you know, going and hiring people at what that time was getafreelancer.com, which now it's freelancer.com. So this is many, many moons ago. So I um, started doing that and just really learned how to do marketing um, and then really enjoyed it and then decided to go back to school or was going to school during that time, but wasn't super focused on school because I was more interested in making money and doing my business and traveling. So I did a lot of that um, and finally kind of came back full circle. And after I I had enough units to like one of my counselors actually told me like you have enough units to graduate like four times like you you probably should just finish this thing out and I was like yeah that makes sense thank you so much for the counseling I, I appreciate this so this after like probably ten years I mean I but it's only because I was traveling and had my businesses and I thought okay I might as well get my degree so um, I was you know and I used to own restaurants and I used to own a bar and I mean I've done a lot of different things and kind of have a colorful background when it comes to that but. Really, I when I finally graduated from Sac State, um, from CSUS here in Sacramento, um, the the cool part about it was that I already had a business that was up and going. Hmm. Um, so it was kind of one of those cool things that it was like just you know it was already going. And the things that I learned in school was helpful, but it really wasn't. You know, God, I hope my son isn't watching this. It it, was, it wasn't like exactly because I just my son's in his third year of college, so if he watches this, he's like, "Why did you send me to college and say that I have to graduate, <laughs> or you were going to disown me?" And now here I am, like, you know, it really, I didn't learn much. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't help me up, you know. But it's it's kind of catapulted me where I'm at today because you know, once again, I have the degree, but um, you know, now as I was telling you earlier, I also teach at UCLA, so it's it's really gotten me to a position where because of the experience that I've learned online mm. and now it's a different world because they have courses and all these really cool things. I mean, there's so much education, so much stuff mm. you can learn back then. It was just like, Hey, let me go ahead and, you know, kind of figure out what we got going online. You hire some people, you kind of figure some things out, a lot of grinding going on, you know, thousands of hours, um, ignoring your family and doing stuff like that to be <laughs> successful. And now, and now, you know, my wife is still with me. Thank goodness. And so we were able to survive that relationship. Right. I mean, that's what we've all been there. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So we're, we're good there. So, yeah, that's where I've been. Digital space for that long, heavy in the influencer space right now, um, just because it kind of found me about seven or eight years ago, maybe seven years ago now. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a, my background. I mean, there's I could talk for an hour yeah. about all of the crazy stuff. I forget about half the stuff I do until people remind me. So, yeah, yeah. The, the whole university thing's interesting. I dropped out after about eight months. Um, and in hindsight, I think there is some merit in, first of all, I think there is some merit in, in, in starting and finishing something. So I, I don't have any regrets, but in hindsight, if I could go back and have my time again, I probably would stay at uni, not for the learning, but for the commitment of actually finishing something I started and also the environment of being in at university I mean sure you're racking up a student loan while you're there but the environment is kind of this almost semi-controlled environment where you're basically just free to think and experiment and come up with ideas and when you get out of the real world 
you kind of lose a little bit of that because you've, you, you're just kind of on the treadmill frantically keeping up trying to, you know, earn money and pay the bills. And so I think there is some merit in in uh, in having that tertiary education, but I don't think it's actually the things that you're going to learn. I think what what really one of the benefits is if you can learn how to learn rather than learning the things that they're teaching you, just become a better learner. I think that sort of yeah. three or four years at uni does give you that grounding. Um, so a uh, big note to Shane's son, you should finish college, my friend. Okay, yeah. Just take no, it from your dad no. and me, finish college, yeah. Just you, one thing that's uh, right. that I've told you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, this is funny. I, I actually agree with you, like 100%. Like for me, I've actually was thinking about going back and getting my master's but not because I need my master's in what I'm currently doing, right? Literally just to say that I got my master's. I mean, it's the same thing. I, I think it's important. University, once again, there's nuggets of things. You know, no different if you go to a conference. When I go to a conference, I don't expect to be blown away by everybody yeah. and walk away with 10,000 things to do. Mm. Mainly, it's, I'm just looking for a few nuggets of information, good things that I can pull from that. And mm. I think learning how you learn or how you take things in or how you mm. – or what you're good at as well. I think that's mm. one of the things is people, as, an, as a business owner, you have to look at you know, what are the, there's 50 things that need to be done in my business and what do I enjoy doing and what am I good at, where mm. I want to spend my time and then where do you want to outsource? Mm. So I think that that is important. One of the big uh, movements here in Australia is this move, even, even at primary school level, is this move towards project-based learning rather than learning a curriculum for the sake of it. And I think the idea, the, the benefit of project-based learning is that you get to collaborate with other students in like a team environment and you get to problem solve. When you work on projects, you, you have to solve problems and you have to get resourceful. You have to figure stuff out. And I th actually think that's one of the, I always say to my wife, if there are two things I, I want to teach my son more than anything, it's resilience and resourcefulness is yeah. how to get back up when the chips are down, when you fall over, when you're kind of frustrated and struggling, you just get back up and keep going. And then how to, how to figure shit out, how to actually solve problems, because that's, you, you're not going to go through life without having to solve problems, you know? <laughs> It's, it's called life. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it is. You're, you're going to continuously be punched in the face here and there, and you got to figure out how to get through that. I think that is resilience is one of the things that I think, especially, yeah, you know, I don't know what your demographic is for your uh, your audience. Hopefully, I don't offend 80% of them in, in one fell swoop. But, you know, I mean, I see a lot of the things with the younger generation these days that are yeah. coming up. A lot of this is, like, I, I call it cupcaking, yeah, like yeah. where you're like, you know, it's kind of like, oh, don't worry, you're going to be okay. And it's like, yeah. No, you're not. Like, you're not going to be okay. You need to get up and pull your pants up and, like, you know, get out there and do something. Like, I, for me, it's a different, you know, I, I don't, like, with my son, um, I was very, you know, not tough love, but I was very, like, hey, like, sometimes you need to go through this. Like, yeah. you know, his mom and once again, lover to death was like, oh, hey, we want to take care of him here and kind of do this and kind of take care of this. And I'm like, he's got to struggle a little. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not, it's not a money thing. It's like, you know, there were some things that we went through to college for paying for his college and doing a few things. Um, you know, that, I mean, just recently, not to go heavy into this, but he just made a decision to, to, to go off on his own, like in college, like he's going to have to pay for all of his own stuff because of a decision he made. And mm. I said, Hey, you can either go this route. I'm going to take care of everything and we'll pay for everything. Mm. Or you can do what you choose to do. And that's this. And once again, I'm not going to give you a, uh, no hard feelings either way, but mm. that's a big boy decision, mm. right? I mean, which is okay. And he did mm. that. My mom, my wife's like, how is he going to survive that? And I said, you know, he will, because mm. he's going to be resilient. Like he's going to figure out how to pay for his bills and hey, how to do all this stuff. And yeah. this is something that he chose to do, which to me, I'm like, that's, that's big boy stuff. Like, I yeah. think I'm kind of appreciated that you're, you're taking that journey and you're, you're willing to, to go out this thing, you know, head on. And obviously, you know, it's my wife, like you know, if yeah. he gets an ax, something happens, obviously yeah. we're, you know, chipping money needs to happen. But, yeah. but literally like we made it through, like I didn't have anybody paying for every, all my stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. and I 
I mean, just barely, you know, I mean, just yeah. on the, I'm on stop twice, but other than that, I mean, I made it. I mean, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But who, right? It's three times. It's three strikes. That's usually when you die. So I'm totally cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, the thing is, uh, at some point, you have to learn to stand on your own two feet and to back yourself. And you've got to, and, and at some point, you've got to learn to, you know, you got to your head hits the pillow at night. You got to learn to pat, be able to pat yourself on the back and go. You know what? I'm all right. I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to do it again because I back myself and there's no one else here to help me. And I got this. That's that's a really imp- I think that's one of the most important skills in life is that if you can soothe your own anxieties and and coach yourself through the hard times to get out there and keep going. That's a massive skill. And the, it's like riding a bike. Once you once you have that skill and you practice that mindset, no one can take it away from you. It's yours. Yep. You own it. And it's that's powerful. It is. It is. And I, I think a lot of people don't think of things that way, right? It's like you have to realize that there always are going to be things that are getting in the way. Not everything is always going to be perfect, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. could try to get on a podcast and somebody could reschedule you like four times. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen in life, right? I mean, exactly. at any time, it could happen. No, I, I, you know, all joking aside, I mean, it's you just don't. And the thing is, is that you do have to be confident in yourself. You have to be confident mm-hmm. what you're able to do and to know that tomorrow's a new day. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we have a, I have a company, it's long story short, but I have a a good buddy of mine's a uh, influencer guy. His name's Chris Rudin, and he was on the Rocks game. It was a big show here, the um, Titan Games here in, in the U.S. Well, and the reason I'm telling you about it is we have a company, a, a t-shirt company we're doing called Fail Forward. Mm-hmm. And the idea of it is, is like, hey, guess what? Like, fail forward. Like, people will ask me, like, hey, what's the thing I can do to be more successful? I'm like, fail as mm-hmm. many times as you can in a row. And they're like, well, yeah, but that sounds terrible. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly it because you're scared mm-hmm. of it. Like, or it happens. You're like, now what do I do? Well. Figure out what you learn from it, and you pull your pants up again. Pull your big boy pants up, and That's then you right. go and you figure it out. You know, That's you right. do it, and so it's, you know, it's not always easy because we're not, a, we're always. Like I said, I think there's a lot of cupcaking that's going on. It's like, hey, it's a hard world out there. You know, and if you're five minutes late to an interview, you might not get the job. If there's, I mean, there's a lot of, th- you know, there's a lot of things you have to look at. That it's like, I mean, this is the world we're in. It's a, I think it's an awesome world. There's tons of opportunity, but you you have to realize that it's not going to be. It's not all cupcakes. It's not all, you know. It's not all this influencer lifestyle stuff yeah, that we yeah. see. Like I'm on my my plane. I've got my pink poodle, and I'm eating caviar. It's like yeah. that's such a hard life, you know. It's yeah. just it's different. You gotta you gotta work, man. You gotta work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the, it reminds me of a, something that Seth Godin said once. He's he, he said, you know, there, like really, there is no roadmap for life because your journey is your journey, right? And every journey is unique. And if you're looking for a roadmap, I you know, I put this on Facebook the other day. I'm like, if um, uh, if you don't want the hassle of having to figure shit out, then get a job, because yeah. you know when when you take a job, you're actually you're actually you're uh, you're kind of for me anyway. And this is no disrespect to anyone who has a job, because every you know like I've had jobs in the past, and you know everyone's on their own journey. But when you when you take a job, you basically you're giving up the the hassle of having to figure all that shit out because the person who owns the business is figuring all that stuff out for you and they're kind of just giving you a roadmap and going, well, this is what you need to do. This is your role. But there's there's like a million problems that the business owner has solved that you don't even have to worry about, right? If you want to go out on your own and do your own thing, then you have to solve those problems. No one else is going to solve those problems for you. They're yours. They're your problems to solve. And once yeah. you solve them, you become stronger and you become a more resilient person because you've solved those problems. Now, as I said, that's not to say that, you know, entrepreneurs are, are better or more valuable than people who, who have jobs. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm just saying that um, there is no roadmap, really. I mean, because yeah. 
because you know like the whole the whole thing for me is too is like you don't even really know where you're going most of the time you know like it, the journey is the journey it's not about the destination and that's okay and that's the yeah. thing I think that's where people get I mean it, it doesn't hurt to stop and go okay like hey where am I going like maybe I'm going in too many directions I got to figure that out mm. But at the end of the day, everybody's journey is different, right? And that's the thing is like there's certain things that will happen to you in life. There's certain books you will read. There's certain people you will meet mm. that will make your journey, right? It doesn't always – I mean especially now. Things are changing. I mean it's, it has been, right? You don't go jump into a job and you're there for 40 years. Mm. I mean I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But I mean it's not like it's, our parents. Our parents are like, yeah. go stay with a steady job and yeah. get a retirement and like you know stare at your job and just stare at the screen and you'll be fine. You know, it's like – it's different now. If you mm. really want to be, want to get out there and you want to be successful, not to say that once again, for you and I think your mindset is the same as mine. Like for me, it's, it would be very difficult for me to work for a company because yeah, yeah. of what I've built and, and stuff like that. And I, I've gone through a lot and I've got it to a point where it's, you know, there's different revenue streams and that's awesome. Now it wasn't always that way, mm. but if you do want to, I mean, that's, that's the reason why the university that I went to why I only used 1% of what I learned in that university is because they were training me to, to go work for somebody yeah. and I'm like, nah, nah, I'm not like, I already have my own business. And they're like, well, how did you do that? And I'm like, well, I, I did it by not working for somebody. Like that's, <laughs> that's how right. I did it. And it's having not, to pay the bills. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Like I did it because guess what? At the end of the day, you know, I didn't have a steady paycheck coming in, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And so it's like, I had to grind it out and I had to figure this thing out. I had went to university only to say that I went to university and graduate, but I yeah. had to grind it out online and spend a lot of hours and, yeah. and do that because that was, that's, that's what it, that I enjoyed. I knew that I could build something out. Now, once again, you touched on it. Like, hey, you just want to go get a job? Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. Like, if that's your calling and you no, – no worries whatsoever. Like, that's yeah. your journey? That's awesome. Yeah. But just for me, that just wasn't mine. I, I always knew that I would have my own businesses. And, and you know, once again, it was – I wanted to have control of what I was doing in my yeah. destiny. And sometimes that was great and sometimes that was bad. Like, I plenty of times there was months where I was like, damn, this really sucks. And other months I was like – you know, bring out the caviar, you know, yeah. like, Hey, this is awesome. Where's the champagne. But it, you know, it's, it, you always have that up and down roller coaster. I mean, here in the U S we have franchises you buy into. Well, that's because it's that somebody already went through all, got punched in the face 500 times and you're buying into that program. That's Not right. a bad deal, right? Not a bad yeah, deal because there's, right. there's expertise that you can learn from everybody, right? And anybody yeah. that's learning their journey. And I think that's where you have blogs and courses and all this stuff. But that's, what's cool about it is you can accelerate your learning 10, 20, 30 times. Like I could go and take one of your courses yeah. and I can learn what you taught or what you've learned over the last 10 years of you getting punched in the face and making money, not making money, whatever you've gone through and accelerate that learning yeah. right to, you know, to 10 times. Mm. So that's, what's exciting about these days is that it's, it's the opportunity to grow. I mean, the only problem is, is that there's tons of information too, right? So it's yeah, like, there's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, I always say it's like drinking out of a, out of a water hose, yeah, right? Correct. But yeah. there there is, you know, if you can focus in on something and there's courses that will show you how to do I mean, people are giving you their knowledge mm. that they've gained over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years, which is invaluable. It's mm. awesome. I want to talk about influencer marketing in a second because that's why we're here. But also, I just want to touch on this resilience thing. Uh, so my wife's been sending some emails to a, a company that she's doing some work with. And she said the other day, she goes, oh, I haven't heard back from them. I'm like, how long has it been? Oh, you know, three days. I'm like, okay, so first of all, people are busy, right? So... You know, uh, people don't hear back from me for like three weeks because my inbox is just, you know, flooded. This dude named Shane, I bumped him off the podcast three times and he still turns up, right? So like you got to just keep, <laughs> you gotta okay. keep going back, right? And then 
so he, the example I use is, I remember when uh, I started out in this entrepreneurial thing, I was walking around the park every morning, walking the dog around the park, listening to a podcast. And I was, I was going between Mixergy by Andrew Warner and Entrepreneur on Fire by John Lee Dumas. And I kept just listening to those podcasts all the time. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I want to I get on those podcasts. I want to be, and for me, it was like, it, the idea of being on those podcasts just was blew my mind. It was like, there is no way in a million years I'm ever going to be on those podcasts, right? That's just not going to happen because I'm not important enough and like all these names on these podcasts, it's not going to happen. So uh, eventually, by, by the way, it turns out I've ended up being on both of those podcasts twice, actually. Um, but the, the way I got Andrew Warner's attention, and the only reason I say this is not to brag, I just say that to go, anything is possible, right? The way I got Andrew Warner's attention was... Um, I found out the postal address of his office in San Francisco and I sent him an, an iPod mini, a nano, little tiny nano iPod, right, uh, with a, a note saying, hey, Andrew, just want you to know that I walk around the park every morning with my iPod and I listen to your podcast and it's been a huge influence on me. So I wanted to give you an iPod because I know that you go running, so maybe you can use this while you go running and it's just my way of thanking you, right? And he wrote me a handwritten note back thanking me for the iPod. And then we started a conversation. Eventually, the next time I was out in San Francisco, I actually got to meet Andrew. My wife and I went and met Andrew and had lunch with him. Super, super nice guy. And we keep in touch and just got a ton of respect for him. And that's because if I just sent him an email and never heard back and I gave up, that would never have happened. You know, I was like, I'm going to persist because I'm resilient enough to go, it's not me that it, it hasn't responded because he doesn't like me. He hasn't responded because he's just inundated with his inbox is just completely overflowing. And I get it, right? So I'm just not going to give up. I'm going to send him something in the post. I'm going to reach out on LinkedIn. I'm going to tweet him. And eventually he's going to go, all right, dude, your persistence pays yeah. off. So I just want to use that as, as an example. I love it. Um, let's talk about influencer marketing. Uh, what the hell is influencer marketing? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really know. I mean, honestly, I just wanted to get on your podcast and I didn't have any hype. I just sent you anything. So I was like, how can I get in his podcast? I was like, maybe if we make up some stuff and maybe if his intern stuff don't look at the email, maybe Perfect. I can get on there. So Brilliant. That's why, yeah, that's why you kept, that's the reason why you kept bumping me. And I'm like, it's not that big of a deal because I don't even know what I'm talking about, which is crazy to say out loud oh, love or it. even being recorded. But no, influencer marketing really is, is the, you know, selling or, or trying to sell your product or service through influencers. So people that have a good social media following. And so, mm. you know, the idea of it is, is, you know, this is, you know, you have a product or service and you go and you find an influencer that has an audience that you think you can sell your products or service to. Um, and the key is, is, is we've kind of talked about a little bit when we kind of started talking here a little bit was just how are you going to finding those influencers, like finding the right people, right? Because that's the hardest part of, I mean, no different than PPC, right? We go after mm certain things and have certain messaging, certain things that we put out there and some of them work and some of them don't, right? The idea is just to find that good funnel, that working funnel that, hey, you've got everything there, you got your call to actions, all this fun stuff that triggers a, for somebody to do something and now for every dollar you're spending, you're making $2, right? So influencer marketing is the same thing except what you're doing is you're drilling down and, and partnering with an influencer that um, creates great content for their audience. Um, but there's a lot of pitfalls and stuff I'm sure we'll probably talk about of yeah. things you need to watch out for when you're when you're partnering with influencers because the cool part about this, about influencer marketing is that there's millions of influencers, right? Influencers don't have to be, and this is a common misnomer of like, they have to have a million followers or they have to have a half a million. Actually, they don't. In fact, there's a lot of downfalls to working with somebody that has that large of a following. Um, you know, a lot of the times you have these micro influencers, other people will probably talk about as well. But the idea is, is like finding that right influencer and, and every influencer is different in the sense that 
they run their business different. Like in other words, there's different pricing, there's different, you know, things, packages they put together. There's a lot of different things that happen. I mean, it's what I teach at UCLA is a, it's a two part course of one. It talks about like how to work with influencers as a brand and then how to actually be an influencer, hmm. right. And how to you do a personal branding, how to get a media kit together, how to get in front of brands and say, Hey, listen, I'm the, I'm the person you need to work with, or I'm hmm. the influencer you need to work with and educating brands on why that is, because there's still, still today a huge disconnect on brands and influencers and how they work together. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why we talked about a little bit is in the education side of things is where I'm going real hot and heavy because it's, you know, the analogy I use and I, I feel like, um, I feel like I could use this analogy on your podcast. It, it's like two 15 year old kids, uh, having a child, yeah. right? Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Right. <laughs> so it's like, that's, that's the way I look at it. It's like, yeah, Hey, yeah. I got that you guys can do this thing, yeah. but why don't we wait a little bit longer and get to know each other a little better? And I don't know, maybe, you know, yeah. finish college or something like that. Or yeah, yeah. You, have to, you know, just get a job, but yeah. either way, you know, it's like, it comes down to, it's like, really there needs to be a little more education on that side. Most of the clients, the big clients that reach out to me say, Oh, it doesn't work. Oh my gosh. And then I said, well, let me look at your campaign. And there's, there's pitfalls all along the road. There's all kinds of things that they do that either the agency they worked with didn't know what they were doing, or they just didn't know they asked the right questions and what to negotiate. Didn't have any of those variables. What they looked at was a big number. They had a budget. They spent it on, they all blew it on one influencer and let's see how everything goes. They did one campaign and it didn't do well. And then all of a sudden they're on LinkedIn mm. looking. So what's the, what's the biggest, what's like the first biggest mistake that brands make when they start to, they start this process of wanting to work with an influencer? Um, really probably the biggest thing I see is looking at the numbers, assuming that if they have a large amount of followers, that that's going to mean more eyeballs and then it's going to be a perfect fit for their brand. Hmm. You know, that's, that's the problem is, is that's where we've jumped to today of where there's influencers that have fake followers. And, you know, I'm not saying all influencers have fake followers, but the issue is, is that what they, you know, the brands would say, because this is what everybody's always done is like, Hey, if you have 10,000 followers, I'll give you a thousand bucks. But if you have 50,000, I'll give you 5,000. But if you have a hundred thousand, I'll give you 10 grand. And then what happens is this influencer that's at, you know, 25,000, you know, they've been building this for the last three years is, well, shoot, how do I get to 50,000? How, how can I accelerate that? Cause there's another few thousand dollars on the table that I can get from each sponsor, from each person that, that I'm working with. Mm. And so then there, there gets into a situation where you start getting fake followers and they're doing stuff to gain the system because you're paying them according to their follower count. Mm. Right. But if you just keep it, if you stay at 25,000 and say, let me explain why I'm worth 25,000. Like, let me show you my competitor. They have, they have 50,000, right. And you're going to pay them double, but let me explain to you why my engagement rates higher. Let me explain to you why I have a blog. Let me show you what my blog numbers are. Mm. Let me explain to you why you need to pay me that same price, but I only have 25,000 followers. And by you going after somebody that's 50,000, like this person, as an example, they have 15 sponsorships they do in a month, right? I only do four sponsorships because I don't want to over-inundate my audience with mm. messaging and things to buy. Like there's a better way of doing it. And mm. a lot of brands don't understand that. They just think it's a numbers game. So if you're an influencer, I'm just going to switch gears here to the other side of the fence, right? You're an influencer. You've built up a bit of a following. You're like, huh, I reckon I can make some more money out of my audience. I like What I'm hearing here is that you should just put your foot on the brake for a second and just realign yourself and start playing the long game because going for the short-term cash grab is a short-term game and it doesn't matter. You know, it's, isn't it funny, dude? Like the older you get, the more you realize that the long game is the only game worth playing. It's and that's and that's really what it comes down to. The the problem is is that if you go for because the thing you can do short wins, right? Yeah. You can go and do a fake audience and you can do all yeah, kinds yeah. of stuff and you'll be able to fool some people and make some short money. 
but that's short money, yeah. right? What are you looking to do? I mean, UCLA, the class I teach is personal branding. Like you, I'm talking about you're building a business here. If you really want to sustain and you want to go long term, mm. it's not the short term play. It's not fake followers. It's not, you know, not including reporting at the end of the report. I mean, the idea of this is this. I can tell you at the end of the day, influencers, the ones that I work with, they want long-term contracts. They want a long-term relationship. It's also better for the brand as well. Mm. It's better if they start seeing you over and over and over posting about with about the same brands. If I work with Nike this week and next week I work with Adidas and the week after that I work with you know, K-Swiss or whatever that is, then my audience is starting to go, wow, that's funny. Shane really loved Nike last week and this week he seems to be a big Adidas fan. And then yeah. all of a sudden K-Swiss is on the table. Right, people start to go. They get a little disconnected, right? Yeah, so totally. if I go, I'm a runner, and I'm like, "Hey, I've been wearing Nikes for ten years, and I absolutely love them." And here goes the new ABC, the new Lebrons, that are whatever it is, mm. are coming out, and I'm sponsoring that, and they're paying me for that, right? Then, then it's more genuine because it really is. I really am using the, the shoes. It's not just, you know, when you start seeing influencers that post, "Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. This is the best thing ever. This is the best thing ever." I mean, I don't know how many best things ever you've ever ha experienced in your life, but it not can't many. be twice a week. Yeah, not many. Yeah, it's not, not like rare. that. Not to that level. Yeah. Unless they're paying me a lot of money, then I really like the product a yeah, lot. Yeah. Just so knows. Um, yeah, it's, it's just those are one of the things. I think that's the, a lot of the, 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 the problems with it is, is they don't really – brands don't know really what influencers work with and, and how to find them and then how to judge them. Once you've looked at it, you have softwares where you can find them, mm. but it's another thing to go in there and truly evaluate the influencer and actually looking mm. at their profile and seeing which is what they have there. That was my next question is how do you – are there brokers or tools that you can use to match brands with influencers? Like if you're an influencer, I'm kind of asking for my own benefit here in the interest of complete yeah. transparency. We've got a hyper-engaged audience in a niche, but they're hyper-engaged. And one thing that we do want to do over the next two to three years is blow up our impact, and we're going to need to get some sponsors on board to help us do that to build out some of the infrastructure we need to keep producing the kind of content we produce. So how do you how do you find the right, as an influencer starting out, how do you find the right brand? Do you go to like a broker or do you go to an agent or do you go to a website? How does that work? I mean, there's a lot of different websites out there that they have like, you know, things where you can go and you can apply. So they'll say, oh, we have XYZ lotion and hmm. we're looking for, you know, white skin, red bearded men that want to wear this lotion. And I'm like, oh, that's me. Like I'm white, <laughs> really white. I have a red beard. I'm, this is awesome. Right. Then I go and apply and they say, hey, Shane, you're perfect. Like all we need you to do is like wear this on tan lotion and you'll need whatever it is. Right. And then you go through that process. So there's plenty of websites where you can go like influence.co is one of them. Uh -huh. You can apply. They've always had these kind of like sponsorships, these people that are willing to give free product, maybe a little money or something. Mm. The idea of it is this is everything is foundational. Right. So Troy is an example, like whatever you've done in life, like you started doing this, you built a website, you did this. I mean, it's all foundational, right? And mm. in the beginning, I bet you, you probably took on some free clients to say that, hey, you've mm. worked with this client or you've yeah. done this. It's okay to do that, right? Influencers, the thing is in the beginning, you want to build this foundation. So if you're working for the local fish and chip shop that, that reaches out to you and says, hey, we'll give you a free meal if you come in and post some pictures mm. and you haven't done tons of work, guess what? Mm. You go and eat fish and chips. That's mm. what you do and you enjoy them. And if they're not that good, then probably shouldn't talk about them. But if they're great, then, hey, you talk about it, some local stuff. So mm. it's foundational. You start here and you kind of build up. And if you have a great opportunity to work with Nike and Nike says, hey, we don't have a huge budget, which is usually a lie because they're Nike. But if they say, hey, we don't have a huge budget, we're willing to give you some free shoes. Guess what? You get free shoes and get a, guess what else you get to do? You get to tell the world that you worked with Nike. Mm. Right? So there's huge value in that. So you have to look at it from like, I'll give you another example. So for me, teaching at UCLA, mm -hmm. I will tell you, and I'm sure that UCLA is going to hear this, so I'm going to have to figure out how I say this in a very positive way. UCLA 
is not my number one revenue generator. Uh-huh. So we'll just Understood. leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying there is the reason why I work at UCLA, it's a resume builder. Of course. Right? Because guess what? It's I've quite, already said like five times, yeah, I work at UCLA. Great we, we get it. We yeah. get Exactly. Yeah. It's all about positioning, right? So it's the same thing with, with, with influencers. Mm. It's like you have to figure out how you're going to build this foundation of you being an influencer. Explain why people should work with you because most brands don't know. So you reach out to them and say, hey, I've worked with this fish and ship company. I've worked with this company. I've worked with this. I've done stuff with Nike. I've done all this kind of stuff. And, and let me show you my website and the amount of traffic I'm getting. Let me show you the, some of the reports that I have on the back end. Let me explain to you a campaign that I think would be successful. And what I thought about doing was this, 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 and this. I see that you've worked with these other influencers. I looked at the hashtag. I looked at some of the results there. Not bad. But let me show you how you guys can take this thing and 10 exit or whatever that is, right? Because mm. the idea of it is educate the brand why they can't live without you, <laughs> right? And that's the problem is most influencers don't know how to do that because they have a great following, but they're not marketers, right? They don't really know how to market themselves. So they're like, well, I don't really know what to do and I'm a little shy. I'm not really sure. Yeah, you can't be shy. You got to reach out there and, or you can wait. I mean, you can wait for somebody to knock on your door. Mm. It's going to be a longer process. You talk about the long game, just, yeah. just staring at your door and waiting for somebody yeah. to knock. Or you can say, hey, listen, this is the reason why I think you should work with me. And really, at the end of the day, you just have to figure out what brands you want to work with. And But you can't, you know, I'm not going to reach out to Nike and I, I've got 2,000 followers and I just started, you know, six weeks ago. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. Nike's probably not going to happen, right? It's foundational. It builds up, it builds up, it builds up. I mean, I... I write for I write for 120 different websites, hmm. right? So I write for Inc. and Forbes and Huffington Post, all these websites. I didn't eight years ago to go to Inc. and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be an up-and-coming writer, and maybe you guys should feature me today so that you guys can be, you know, you early adapters to Shane Barker. They're going to be like, <laughs> no response. Because yeah. they don't care, right? I mean, it's not that they don't care, but they, they it's like I'm not out there, right? Nobody's seen me yet. I'm, I'm a nobody. So how do you become a somebody? You, you, it's foundational. I started writing for websites that were really low domain authority, which is okay. Mm-hmm. I started getting, you know, doing this and doing that. And now I built it up to where it's at. Like every, this is the thing is anybody, if you're out there, if you're listening to this, there's don't, you, you have to work hard. You can't skip this, the, the seven second ab and the three second ab and all that. You're not going to get abs. I, I hate to, I know it's going to shock a lot of people. Anybody yeah. in the eighties that saw those commercials, <laughs> the idea of this is this It's foundational. Everything in life is foundational. So you have to build that up. Influencer marketing is the same way. Don't expect, in fact, I was just reading an article today. I can't remember the late, the girl's name, an influencer. She said, this is really hard work and people don't realize it mm. because what you see, you see, all you see is that one picture of her yeah. eating her cat with her pink poodle on her private jet. But what you don't see is her trying to get there, like having to fill up the tank, which costs a thousand dollars, the, all this other stuff, mm. you know, that it's like, it's, it's a lot of work. You see the best picture. You see that and you don't you know, realize that it takes five hours to put that together, that she has a full production team that follows her around mm. or bigger that when you're an influencer, guess what happens when you don't want to perform anymore mm. and you don't want to do Instagram anymore. Yeah. Guess where your money goes. Yeah. It goes away. That's right. Right. So that's another thing you got to think about is when in an influencer, it, there's phenomenal, you know, you can get free hotel stays, all this kind of fun stuff. And that's awesome. But you have to figure out, like, how are you going to make this a long term? I mean, a long term commitment, either commitment also when it comes to revenue. Yeah. Like, how are you going to build this thing out? Right. We all started with one thing of, of a revenue stream. And how are you going to build that out? Like, I have influencers now that I'm helping. We're doing courses on how to be an influencer. Right. Mm. Because it naturally makes sense because they have the experience. Because you're not always going to be an influencer. There's always going to be somebody that's 
going to outshine you. It's yep. going to have a better engagement rate. You're going to have the algorithms. You're going to change on Instagram. You have to figure out how do you make this into a true business. And if you're just doing these one little posts here and there and you're making 500 bucks and that's good for you, that's awesome. But you're mm. not going to retire off that. Mm. That's what UCLA is. It's a personal brand. How do you make this into a company? Mm. So it's sustainable and you have multiple revenue streams, which is the key. So you, what's your business model at the moment? Is you just in the education space or do you do consulting with influencers and brands? Do you connect influencers and brands? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really kind of like a pimp for influencers and brands. I mean, I you know I I, I put them together. I mean, I have a lot of influencers I've used over the years, right? That I connect with brands, but really my my bread and butter and the where I'm really spending a lot of time is on the education side, on brands, helping okay. brands and agencies mm. learn how to do influencer marketing the right way, because that's that's really what I see the disconnect is is. Um, like not once again, not knowing how to find influencers, not knowing what to negotiate with them, not knowing what is you know fair to you and, and fair to them. Mm. Um, you know, do you offer free product? Do you how much do you pay an influencer? What do I include in my contract? I mean, there's just there's so many places where a a negotiation can go wrong, and you wouldn't know it because you don't know the right way to do it, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's I mean, I have, I have agencies that will and brands that have paid me, and they're like, oh, you know, we charge this much. It seems like a lot. I'm like. You're spending $100,000 in influencer marketing. I could save you thirty, fifty, dollars $100,000 because of a decision, because of what I told you to do differently than what you were doing, assuming that it was the right way to do it. Mm. So that's really where I've been spending a lot of my time is the workshops. We did one in San Francisco that we sold out it's about a month and a half ago. We had Amazon was there. We had Purple.com. We had Anthropology. Wow. It's really, really big brands there. And it's crazy to me because you know you do these courses, you do these workshops – and then all of a sudden at the end of it, when you have somebody from Amazon come up to me and it's like, that was absolutely amazing. Your content was stunning. And I'm like, he works at Amazon. Like in my mind, I was like, oh, thank you so much. But I'm thinking, man, it's just crazy. Like the brands just, and I'm seeing Amazon doesn't know what they're doing because last mm -hmm. time I checked, you know, I think their pockets aren't touching. I think they're going to be able to pay rent this month. But, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's like, you know that it's like, it's just crazy. Like how much, you know, because the U.S. is ahead of most countries and all the other countries are way behind the U.S. And the U.S. isn't that far ahead. Mm. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of crazy when you see that. It's like the edu that's why I'm spending so much time on the education and workshops, because I I want to steer this thing. I want to steer this machine in the right direction because it's going to the influencer marketing will constantly change in how we do things. Mm. But the core of it, no different than SEO or PPC, is going to pretty much stay the same on how you work through it. Little things will change as we go. But it's really education, I think, is the key for me anyways. Awesome. Well, this has been an absolutely fascinating journey. I'm looking forward to keeping the conversation going with you offline and picking your brain a bit more. Uh, in the meantime, where can people reach out and thank you for this and get in touch and learn more about what you do? Yeah, you can go to shanebarker.com. That's S-H-A-N-E-B-A-R-K-E-R.com. And my personal email, and yes, this is really my personal email, um, is shane, S-H-A-N-E, at shanebarker.com. If you have any questions or anything like that, please email me. And if you guys want to send money, let me give you my PayPal. Because <laughs> if you want to send me cash or my birthday or anything like that, it's, it's shanebarker uh, at shanebarker.com as well. So just send cash, whatever you guys want. I'd take anything, awesome. whatever you need. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Shane Barker, thank you for your contribution and thanks for being on the podcast. And thank you for being the most patient, resilient podcast guest we've had. I really appreciate it, my friend. I'm just looking for awards like that, buddy. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> awesome. Good stuff. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. Reach out and thank Shane at shanebarker.com uh, and subscribe to the podcast at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Uh, leave us a rating and a review. It does help us come up in the search results. Look forward to speaking with you again next week on the podcast. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate. <laughs>